everyone, and welcome back to Multi-Level Mondays. My name is Blair, and today we're talking about a unique MLM that went by Burn Lounge Inc. And spoiler alert, I'm speaking about them in past tense because they were shut down, but we'll get there in just a bit. This was, believe it or not, a music MLM, and I'm not kidding. I swear, I'm just waiting, it seems like at this point, for new and weirder MLMs to pop up every single day. Like, when is the MLM hospital getting built? Like, who knows? We've seen supplements from Herbalife, energy drinks from Vema, legal advice from Legal Shield, kitchenware from The Pampered Chef, candles from Scentsy, clothing from LuLaRoe, oils from Young Living, makeup from Avon, and many, many, many more. So I guess it was only a matter of time until we saw a music MLM. But without any further ado, let's get right into today's episode. Burn Lounge was founded in 2004, based in New York City. When I tried to go to their old website and find some like about me page or something, there was nothing there. It just says BL3, get ready, and that's it. Nothing to click on, no tabs. They're very clearly closed down. However, thanks to some old sites, I was able to get an idea for what this company was all about. As one source says, who wouldn't want to own a music store? Founded in 2004 at the height of illegal downloading, Burn Lounge offered the opportunity for 30,000 people, including major label musicians. The deal was simple enough, open up a storefront through your own page. But unlike streaming sites like MySpace or Pure Volume, record owner stores were required to pay a subscription fee. Oh, and those who sold songs through their stores were paid in points that could be redeemed for Burn Lounge products only. If you wanted to exchange your sale points for real money, that would cost you an extra fee. Now, it doesn't take many brain cells to put together that that sounds really shady. MLMs we've talked about on the channel before may require someone to sell a certain amount of products per month, but the combination of a subscription fee and being paid in points that only go back into the company sounds especially scammy. However, the way this MLM marketed to people made it sound like it was the future of doing business. Their advertisements would say things like, traditional business is broken and the future of music and movies is digital. And yeah, with Spotify, YouTube, Netflix, Hulu, and Disney Plus, it sure seems that way. Jumping on the digital bandwagon in 2004 would have been early and a fantastic idea, but the founders of Burn Lounge apparently didn't see it as an opportunity to start a streaming site, just a pyramid scheme. From 2005 to 2007, Burn Lounge Inc. and its founders, Juan Alexander Arnold, John Taylor, Rob DeBoer, and Scott Elliott sold these opportunities to operate online digital music stores. By recruiting consumers via the internet, phone calls, and in-person meetings, enticing participants by claiming they could make a substantial income if they purchased a product package ranging from $29.99 to $429.99 annually. In purchasing one of Burn Lounge's three packages, they could buy music and merchandise, they could buy a package to become a retailer with the ability to earn credits redeemable for music and merchandise, or they could buy a package and pay an additional fee to become a mogul with the ability to earn credits redeemable for cash. Participants could earn rewards through Burn Lounge's compensation program. But the majority of the Burn Lounge business was the continual recruitment of moguls, which created the pyramid scheme. And this is so obviously illegal. And we're like, how many minutes into the video? Like we haven't even hit the five minute mark yet. 
in order to make actual money at Burn Lounge, you have to spend more money. So let that sink in for a minute. In order to be an employee that makes cash from their sales, you have to spend more money on your subscription service. And I'm sorry, but who the hell wants that kind of job? Unfortunately though, this did appeal to people and not just anyone either, but people like NBA champion Shaquille O'Neal. Burn Lounge showed him in their advertisements and articles by Business Wire features excerpts about him joining the company. This is why celebrities, especially celebrities and influencers, need to do research before endorsing certain companies. Because let's be honest, people do trust celebrities to a certain extent. Studies show that numbers may be as small as 7% and consumers trust family and friends far more but a celebrity endorsement does still mean something, especially if it's someone you look up to. And Shaquille O'Neal himself is one of the biggest athlete celebrity endorsers out there. Shaq has stated, I only promote products I believe in. I can't take your money as a man or as a businessman if I don't believe in your product. I get offers from a lot of people all the time. I've turned down probably half a million dollars just because I didn't know enough about the product or I never tried it or I wasn't comfortable. Even though he's an NBA champion, he comes across as an earnest, humble guy who's also involved with a ton of charity work. So not gonna lie, I really hope him supporting Burn Lounge was just an honest mistake and lapse in judgment because his endorsement, as well as some others, served the purpose of putting Burn Lounge in the spotlight it needed to complete its scam. That Business Wire article from September, 2006 reads, Burn Lounge, the world's first community-powered digital music service, today announced that NBA champion Shaquille O'Neal has joined the community-powered network to promote his seven rap slash hip-hop albums. Which, side note, I didn't know he made music. Shaquille is also empowering his fans by giving them the opportunity to become digital music promoters themselves and sell their favorite online music to friends, family, and associates. By distributing my albums through Burn Lounge, it not only gives me a new outlet to reach my fans, but it also gives them the opportunity to become digital music promoters themselves by legally sharing views with their friends, said Shaquille O'Neal. I have always had a passion for music and I'm excited to work with a company that shares the same passion. By teaming with artists such as Shaquille and with major and independent music labels, we are one step closer to giving Burn Lounge retailers access to the largest, most diverse music catalog available, said Alex Arnold, co-founder, chairman, and chief executive officer of Burn Lounge. We want to give the Burn Lounge community the ability to endorse the music they love by giving them access to a variety of music they may otherwise not be able to find in stores. Even though I only know of Shaq's name through his NBA championship title, the article goes on to explain that Shaq sold over a million copies of his first ever album back in 1993. But if this name being involved with Burn Lounge is alarming, then how about this one, Justin Timberlake? September 2006 was a fantastic year for Burn Lounge apparently, as they were really making a name for themselves. Not only was Shaq getting involved with their company, but the iconic Justin Timberlake from NSYNC, one of the best-selling boy bands of all time. Also in September, 2006, Timberlake released his second studio album, Future Sex Love Sounds. The album, which Timberlake created from 2005 to 2006, debuted at number one on the Billboard 200 album chart, selling 684,000 copies in its first week. And it kills me to think that because Justin had literally barely begun working with Burn Lounge at this time, this might have attracted more customers to them. 
it's no wonder people don't trust celebrity endorsements as much anymore. And I don't really know I do either, especially after hearing something like this. According to another 2006 source, New York City-based Burn Lounge is a company to keep an eye on. The company has raised $13 million from entertainment industry investors, including Justin Timberlake. It turns music fans into promoters and sellers by charging for access to its catalog of music and web storefront tools. The idea is to take the street team into the 21st century, said Stephen Murray, Burn Lounge co-founder, president of entertainment and chief creative officer. The three and a half year old company launched in June after being in beta for eight months. It generated $1 million in sales in its first month. Fans now operate 40,000 to 50,000 online retail shops and the company claims it's the fifth largest music download site. Murray admitted that music generates very low margins. Sellers earn five cents per song sold or 50 cents per album. The company doles out more money for selling burn lounge stores and soon merchandise with an affiliate system setup that requires prospective store operators to sign up through a current store operator. Skeptics compare it to a pyramid scheme. And good on you, nameless skeptics that were ahead of your time. Yet funnily enough, this article doesn't seem to see it that way. No joke, listen to this. Burn Lounge's setup fees aren't negligible. $29.95 per year for the basic store and up to $429.99 per year plus $8 a month if you want VIP concert passes and such. Other complaints, the site makes frustrating use of Flash and only works properly in Windows. Downloads are WMA files, meaning they won't play on iPods. Playing to people's cool kid aspirations on a slightly janky site, that sounds familiar. Party promotions also help drive MySpace to the top. Maybe Burn Lounge will catch the eye of one of the hungry media moguls. Burn Lounge may not be a social network, but that doesn't seem to be terribly profitable anyways. MySpace itself just entered the customizable online music franchise business over the weekend. The company is facing competition from startups and other large players. Other companies that help fans set up music shops include MySpace partners Snowcap, Navio, and Musicane. Burn Lounge claims that it's not taking customers from iTunes or even P2P networks. And I'm not saying MySpace wasn't janky, but at least to my knowledge, they weren't a pyramid scheme. Like, God help the people that used to have to go onto my old MySpace page and have to hear like my hymn song that would autoplay the second you load into it. Like, ooh, high school was a rough time for me. But like, that's not a pyramid scheme. That's just fucking high schooler me being annoying. And I know I was not alone in this. The thing is with Burn Lounge though, is that they claim that many of its retailers and customers had never downloaded a song from the internet before, that these were new buyers and this was still relatively new for the digital download age. So with new buyers typically buying albums instead of songs from Burn Lounge, the musicians stayed happy and no one seemed to care about the strange setup. Like seriously, the comment section from this article has absolutely got to be one of the most aggressive cases of people defending a pyramid scheme I've seen in a very long time. One user, Mark, went on an absolute fucking rampage, like 10 paragraphs long, and I'm gonna cut it down a bit, but it's still really interesting. Here's what he said. Yes, it is a pyramid, but not a scheme. It is also concentric, revolutionary, and different. So sue us when we are rich and you still work for the man. You can make all the excuses you want and blame it on me if it helps. America is built on the entrepreneur. If it wasn't for them, you wouldn't have a job today. They had to endure all this trash too. People telling them it will not work or it's just a way for them to make money. 
If you enjoy the nine to five routine and accept others deciding what you are worth and having them reap the majority of the rewards for your hard work and then on the fly deciding that you are no longer needed just to keep from having to pay you a retirement, then I can see why you want to stay away from new ideas like Burn Lounge. I have a team in Burn Lounge. They're people just like you. Some of them are motivated and hardworking and they get this as being a chance for them to make it. They are telling others every day about the business, not because they expect them to make money now. Many people invest in stocks for what they call the long-term. Okay, like (laughs) a couple things here, right? So first thing, it's a pyramid, not a scheme. Like, no sis, sorry about that. And the other thing is like what they work hard to maybe get paid one day. It's almost like the FTC heard Mark though, like exactly Mark's comment because they would sue Burn Lounge for exactly this shit. Again, I'm getting a bit ahead of myself here. So for now, let's get back to their advertisements and growth. Burn Lounge was founded on and depended on the digital age growing. Alex Arnold, one of the co-founders said that Burn Lounge was a way of taking advantage of a window of opportunity, putting a sense of FOMO or the fear of missing out into these potential downlines. They say, as your community grows, your business grows in their advertisements. And they try to make it sound as if they're putting the business of buying music back into the hands of the customer. Their other advertisements are just as cringy, treating Burn Lounge as if it's an exclusive club and the key to the music industry. They also really push for the music mogul package too. And as we briefly mentioned earlier, each one of these packages is just a way of expanding a downline. The first one can only sell to friends and family. The second package, the exclusive, can build a team that also sells. But the music mogul can build a team that builds teams. I mean, if anything, not only is this a pyramid scheme, but this is a pyramid scheme that makes Hunbots pay more to be scammers. It's like a pyramid scheme inside a pyramid scheme. It's fascinating. Also, make no mistake, this isn't a way to be part of the music industry as they define it. The music industry is a pretty broad term, but it generally means this. The parties involved in the creation, performance, recording, promotion, and managing the profitable business of music. The distinction of calling this network of business partnerships the music industry as opposed to the music business is more based on the stigma associated with the latter term than any technical difference. At one time, when the label of the music business was frequently used, artists often experienced exploitation from those who made exorbitant profits from their work. Today, numerous organizations exist to protect the rights of musicians, composers, and performers. And it is a very big stretch of the imagination to say that these Hunbots at Burn Lounge are part of the music industry. I'm not saying they did no marketing or promoting, even if MLMs don't often encourage the kind of marketing promoting I can endorse and support. But just because I tell my friends about a new album I love doesn't make me part of the music industry. Then if I tell them, hey, if you buy your music through this specific website, I still get points. I still wouldn't say like, I'm part of the music industry. I'm just buying from a certain website. Feel free to form your own opinion on that one. But personally, it sounds to me like Burn Lounge is trying very, very hard to make an MLM pitch more appealing than what it actually is. But then again, isn't that what most MLMs do? It's not hard to see why their pitch appealed to so many people though, because up until 2013, music downloads climbed to record-breaking highs. Now, we're about where we were between 2005 and 2006, thanks to streaming services. But when Burn Lounge was in its prime, digital music revenues were still climbing. However, the legal sale of music for personal use were left in a shroud of uncertainty with this pyramid scheme model. And music sales accounted for little of their actual profit, Burn Lounge promised to be big, but instead 
they were shut down. According to the FTC website, on June 6, 2007, the FTC filed a complaint with the U.S. District Court for the Central District of California against Burn Lounge Incorporated. The complaint charges that Burn Lounge sold opportunities to operate online digital music stores that was in fact an illegal pyramid scheme. The agency is seeking a permanent halt to the illegal pyramid practices, as well as other illegal practices alleged in the complaint. The FTC has asked the court to halt the deceptive practices and misrepresentations and to freeze the defendant's assets pending a trial to preserve them for consumer redress. At a hearing on the FTC's request for a temporary restraining order on June 8, 2007, Burn Lounge's attorneys asked for more time to respond fully, and a U.S. District Court judge, George Wu, ordered that a full hearing on the FTC's request for a preliminary injunction and asset freeze be held on June 19, 2007, after which he will rule on the FTC's requests. In addition to naming Burn Lounge Incorporated, a Delaware corporation based in New York City, the commission's complaint also names Juan Alexander Arnold of Studio City, California, John Taylor of Houston, Texas, Rob DeBoer of Irmo, South Carolina, and Scott Elliott of Forney, Texas. And in case you're wondering, those names are the founders of Burn Lounge that we mentioned at the very beginning, or you know, those at the very tippy top of the pyramid, and we will get to them in just a moment. They considered the business as concentric retail. The FTC disagreed, obviously. Their entire case timeline is available on the FTC's website, and this thing lasted for quite some time. It literally took eight years for this thing to finally come to an end, even though a freeze was placed on Burn Lounge from the moment this all began. So let's start at the beginning. Today's episode is sponsored by Honey. Visit joinhoney.com MLM to get Honey for free today. And let's take a break to hear from today's sponsor, Honey. Honey is a free browser extension that scours the internet for promo codes and automatically tests them when you're checking out. It's basically like your online shopping best friend. And here's how Honey works. You get Honey on your computer for free in two easy clicks. Then when you're checking out one of its over 30,000 supported sites, Honey pops up and all you have to do is click apply coupons and then just wait a couple seconds while it does its thing and tests every single coupon it knows that's available in that little coupon box for you. Then it finds the best working code and it applies it straight to your cart. I used Honey recently when I was shopping on Bath and Body Works because semi-annual sale, but I'm not going in person, you know? So I had to do it online and Honey saved me a couple bucks there too, which was pretty nice because I didn't really expect that to happen. And it's really easy. It just kind of sits there in the background, does its thing. And then when I'm checking out, it's like, oh, hey, wait a second. Let's see if we have some coupons. I'm like, sure thing, honey. Let's see what you got. And Honey has found over 17 million members, over $2 billion in savings. And Honey supports all kinds of retailers from tech and gaming to fashion and even food delivery. So it's really simple. If you have a computer, Honey should be on it. It's free and it works with whatever browser you use. Get Honey for free today by going to joinhoney.com slash MLM. Again, that's joinhoney.com slash MLM so they know that I sent you there. And thank you, Honey, for supporting today's episode so I can continue making content just like this. First, there was a press release where the FTC asked the court to shut down this illegal pyramid scheme. Then came the memorandum of points and authorities in support of plaintiff's application for temporary restraining order. I could go on, it's a really long title. Point is they started taking steps to shut Burn Lounge down. I won't be able to get into everything in the memorandum since we've got a lot to go through, but again, I'll go over the highlights. 
The FTC, of course, was the plaintiff in this case. They wanted proof that Burn Lounge wasn't a pyramid scheme because, well, by all accounts, they are. They say, defendants claim that substantial incomes are being made by Burn Lounge participants. As validation of the company's offerings, Burn Lounge tours its licenses with major record labels to sell music, affiliations with corporate sponsors such as Cadillac and Nokia, and the participation of some music and sports celebrities as Burn Lounge retailers such as Justin Timberlake and Shaquille O'Neal. And again, just because you have large sponsors and celebrities on your side doesn't make you legitimate. If I had to guess, I'd say that the people and companies getting involved here did so because they wanted a piece of that digital media pie. And they acted without going through any serious investigation over what Burn Lounge actually was. I don't wanna harp on them too badly here because ultimately the responsibility lies with Burn Lounge, but I am still really disappointed that these celebrities and companies didn't do some digging before endorsing them. As for Burn Lounge's claims that substantial incomes are being made by their participants, the memorandum refers to pages 12 to 14, which I'm gonna kind of talk about here. So let's take a look at what they had to say there. According to page 12 of this document, it says, a theme of the presentations regarding Burn Lounge is that participants can make substantial income by participating. For example, defendants have made claims of profitability such as the following at meetings throughout the country, as well as during live and pre-recorded telephone conferences, promoting Burn Lounge or training its participants. Alex Arnold stated, if you build a community that sells a few movies and sells a few games and sells a few downloads, you will have a license to print money. JT made $50,000 two weeks ago. He's going to make probably 700,000 this year and he's a good old boy from Texas that can't read. In this industry, direct sales, I created a seven figure income by the time I was 25 years old. And now I plan on doing that for hundreds, thousands of people worldwide selling entertainment and digital content over the course of the next three years. John Taylor stated, over the last six months, I've had the chance to generate over $340,000 in income. In the last 30 days, it was over 70,000. Some of you in this room are worth millions. There's some of you in this room that want to make money. There's some of you in here that are looking for $1,000 a month, looking for $1,000 a week. And there's some of you looking for $1,000 a day. That just depends on what you want out of this business. And I think you get the picture here. Just about every one of these plaintiffs implied that making $1,000 a day or more was absolutely possible with this business. Whereas on page 14 of the memorandum, the FTC states that the vast majority of their participants never realized such an income and these founders were doing nothing more than promoting a pyramid scheme. Plus, as is the case with many MLMs and pyramid schemes, the only way to make any real money isn't by selling a product at all, but by luring others in. Just to qualify for the mogul tier of the Burn Lounge MLM, people had to recruit other participants. What other legitimate job on this planet makes you also sign up two friends in order to be qualified? Is there one, like a legitimate one? Because I'm kind of at a loss to find one. The FTC called in a senior witness, a socioeconomist, and he explained that Burn Lounge Compensation Program provides far greater rewards for recruitment than selling music because there's only a guaranteed commission of 50 cents from selling a $10 album. The defendants, particularly DeBoer and Elliott, also state on page 10, yes, we sell music, but my focus will never be the 99 cent low margin product. It will be the $440 business that I'm putting people on my team, showing them how to sell music. You make a nickel a song, that's why I'm telling you our focus is not the masses on music. 
It's not about driving huge traffic to the website. It's about tying the business community to a brand, then utilizing the sphere of influence of that business community to drive $20 of business per month. Okay, so imagine you use iTunes and you buy a song for a dollar. Now imagine you also pay $20 a month to sell people music, but you only make a teeny tiny little commission for a song or 50 cents an album. Like, why? I only see people losing money on this and I can only imagine Burn Lounge's lawyers were just banging their heads against the wall because this was the one that kind of like made them throw themselves under the bus. Now, just as Scott Elliott said on page 14 of this memorandum, I'm not denying that this created wealth in the lives of some people. However, the number Scott gave the FTC was 40. 40 people were earning thousands of dollars a week. But as the FTC stated, there were at least 56,000 people that were lured into their scheme. That isn't even one full percent. These top 40 leaders that he mentions are seven tenths of 1% or 0.07%. And that to him is proof that he can help people somehow. It's ultimately bullshit, but this of course was only the beginning. This is simply what the FTC presented, but this case was far from over. As 2007 continued, things only got worse for Burn Lounge. A freeze was placed on their assets and Burn Lounge reportedly began laying off employees. The FTC order read that it is therefore ordered that the individual defendant, John Taylor, a co-founder, is temporarily restrained and enjoined from engaging, participating, or assisting in any manner or capacity whatsoever from operating the mogul program or any marketing program that constitutes a pyramid scheme. In time, this also happened with Scott Elliott, as well as Robert DeBoer, and one of the top earners at the company who claimed he made $300,000 with Burn Lounge. Another press release came out of the FTC in 2008 that read, an operator who used deceptive earnings promises to recruit consumers for a multi-level marketing operation that was a pyramid scheme, has agreed to settle federal trade commission charges that the operation was illegal and violated federal law. The settlement bars the defendant from participating in any pyramid scheme or other prohibited marketing scheme, bars false earning claims, and requires him to give up $20,000 in ill-gotten gains. U.S. District Court Judge George Wu ordered a halt to the deceptive practices and froze the defendant's assets pending a trial to preserve them for consumer redress. The settlement announced today ends the litigation with defendant Scott Elliott. The settlement bars Elliott from participating or assisting others in participating in prohibited marketing schemes, including pyramid schemes. It bars misrepresentations about earnings in any multi-level marketing program or business venture. The settlement enters a judgment of $117,710.69, the entire amount earned by Elliott through Burn Lounge. That judgment is suspended subject to the payment of $20,000 based on his limited ability to pay. Should the court find that Elliot misrepresented his financial circumstances, the entire amount will be due. Finally, the order contains reporting and record-keeping provisions to allow the FTC to monitor compliance. This case was brought with the invaluable assistance of the Office of the Attorney General of South Carolina. The commission vote to accept the settlement was 4-0. The case was filed in the U.S. District Court for the Central District of California. This seemed to be the end of Burn Lounge, even if it wasn't the end of all the legal issues. Now, the thing is, I think they theoretically could have been a fantastic company if they didn't choose a shit MLM pyramid scheme model. 
think about it, a music downloading site where you recommend songs to your friends and if they buy it because of your recommendation, you get some points that could maybe get you some free songs, like no promise of income, the employees get a fair wage. So it's more of the company's way of saying, hey, thanks for spreading the word. Maybe they could even do deals with lesser known artists where recommending smaller artists could earn you some points. Like the only purchase is necessary is someone buying a song, not a subscription. I'm not saying this is a million dollar idea, though if it is, don't go stealing it, but at least this would have been legal and potentially a great way to combine the social and music aspects that they wanted. It's just an absolute shame of Burn Lounge that they use their platform and their well-known sponsors to rip off thousands of people. And it seems once others started to realize that Burn Lounge wasn't all it was cracked up to be, they began speaking out too. Wired released an article that said Burn Lounge crashes Burns promoter and wrote, the sordid saga of Burn Lounge is one step closer to coming to a much deserved end. Burn Lounge has been in operation since 2005 and its operatives have held seminars across the country to recruit new sources of income while seducing others over the internet or phone. Arnold, the CEO, is based in Studio City, California, while the company has offices on Hudson Street in Manhattan. In addition to paying fines or settling them, the four defendants, also including John Taylor of Houston, Texas, and Rob DeBear of Irmo, South Carolina, have agreed to cease the network marketing aspect of their operation. Good riddance. The music industry already had enough shysters in it before these clowns got involved. Hell, this case, as well as appeals still to come, were so notable that even Herbalife and Herbalife's greatest nemesis, Ackman, spoke about it. And if you don't know who Ackman is, he's the guy who made a bet against Herbalife that their stock would like drop to zero. You can check out my Herbalife video for a full explanation. Anyways, according to one source, the panel of three appellate judges found Burn Lounge was a pyramid scheme because its members paid for the right to sell products and the company paid the rewards for, and members were motivated to earn cash through recruitment. The rewards were primarily in return for selling the right to participate in the money-making venture, the Mogul Program, Circuit Judge Morgan Christian, who was appointed to the bench in 2012 by President Obama, wrote on behalf of the appeals panel. The merchandise in the packages was simply incidental. Herbalife declared the ruling undermined the position of its adversary, Ackman. The billionaire hedge fund manager has accused the company of running a pyramid scheme that exploits minorities and achieves few retail sales outside of its gargantuan network of members. Ackman's firm has bet $1 billion against Herbalife and stands to profit handsomely if the company implodes and its stock price plunges. The Ninth Circuit's decision validates product consumption by participants as a legitimate measure of demand for multi-level marketing companies and rejects Bill Ackman's fundamental thesis against Herbalife, the company asserted Monday in a statement. This ruling from one of the country's most influential courts is consistent with Herbalife's position that the widespread demand of Herbalife has demonstrated for its products by members and non-members alike confirms that it is a multi-level marketing company with proper business practices. Pershing Square Capital Management LP, Ackman's hedge fund, characterized Herbalife's interpretation of the Burn Lounge decision validating its business model as absurd. The case certainly does not support Herbalife's position that sales of products to distributors who tried but failed to succeed in their pursuit of Herbalife business should be regarded as true retail sales, Pershing declared in a statement Tuesday. In other words, when Herbalife heard the ruling, they basically were like, see, we have products, so we can't be a pyramid scheme like Burn Lounge. And Ackman simply replied, no, you're missing the point. I love that of all the MLMs out there, of course it would be Herbalife that interprets another pyramid scheme being taken down as somehow validating. 
they are one of the biggest and worst MLMs out there, seriously. But moving on from this though, Burn Lounge did try to appeal and obviously failed. However, I don't want anyone thinking that the court simply laughed in their face either. Everyone that worked on this case seemed to truly take their time on it, considering and weighing the options. It took about two years from when the appeal was filed to when the US appeals court affirmed in ruling in favor of the FTC. Burn Lounge tried to argue that not all MLMs are pyramid schemes, and while they may technically be true, their MLM most certainly was a pyramid scheme that preyed on 99% of the people who got involved. Frankly, even if they want to argue that not all MLMs are pyramid schemes, it's still a valid argument that MLMs are designed to be predatory and fail most of the time. The final statement from the FTC on the matter reads, in 2012, the US District Court for the Central District of California Western Division ordered the other defendants collectively to pay $16.2 million in redress and prohibited them from engaging in pyramid, Ponzi, or chain letter schemes or any schemes in which compensation for recruitment is unrelated to the sale of product to customers who are not participants. The order also barred them from making misrepresentations about multi-level marketing operations or business ventures, including misrepresentations about sales, income, profitability, or legality. Burn Lounge, Arnold, and Taylor appealed the court district ruling on June 2nd, 2014. The US Court of Appeals for the Ninth Circuit upheld the lower court's finding, stating in part, we agree with the district court that Burn Lounge was an illegal pyramid scheme because Burn Lounge's focus was recruitment and because the rewards it paid in the form of cash bonuses were tied to recruitment rather than the sale of merchandise. The appeals court found that the test of a pyramid scheme does not require the rewards to be completely unrelated to the sale of products. The court noted that recruiting was built into the compensation structure and that recruiting led to eligibility for cash rewards and more recruiting led to higher rewards. The court further stated that in this instant, the rewards for recruiting were unrelated to sales to ultimate users because Burn Lounge incentivized recruiting participants, not product sales. And I'm not gonna lie, I do kind of find it pathetic that one of the punishments was, hey, don't be involved in a Ponzi scheme or a pyramid scheme again. Shouldn't that go without saying because it's illegal in the first place? And maybe I've become some evil bloodthirsty pyramid against these MLMs after all this time because I'm wondering where the fuck the jail time is. Overall, the FTC mailed over 52,000 checks totaling almost $2 million to consumers who became moguls with Burn Lounge. In the end, almost 94% of Burn Lounge wannabe entrepreneurs didn't even break even. And that's right, 94% ended up with a loss. I can't say I'm surprised, I'm just disappointed. At least on one happy note though, Burn Lounge is shut down and it can't hurt anyone anymore. I suppose this MLM simply serves as a reminder as new tech and new markets emerge, so do new scams. So with all of that being said, that's where I'm going to end today's episode of Multi-Level Mondays. I hope you all enjoyed this episode. I thought it was kind of something interesting and off the wall and kind of different than the usual smelly oils or like, you know, diet pills. If you enjoyed today's episode, make sure to follow the podcast if you're not already on whatever platform you're listening to. And if you want to connect with me outside of the podcast, literally all of my social media and everything is literally called Illuminati, but there should also be a link tree link with like everything neatly organized as well somewhere in these description boxes. So thank you so much for making it to another episode of Multi-Level Mondays and I'll see you guys on Wednesday. Bye.